Yowza, 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 indeed. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Matt Kennedy, one half of the Five Films From podcast here. Wanted to take a second today before Todd and I get started on the episode to say thanks for listening. And to ask that if you've been enjoying the show, make sure you like, subscribe, and maybe even leave a five-star review on the podcast platform of your choice. Doing that's going to really help us to connect with more movie-loving listeners just like you. Also, we wanted to give y'all an update on some of the stuff we're working away on for Season 2. Got a lot of good episodes lined up real soon. For example, uh, Todd's currently editing our two-part season premiere on five films from... It's actually going to be ten films from the two-part, or we're going to be doing Brian De Palma. We'll also be gonna getting into some more idiosyncratic stuff with guys like Stuart Rosenberg and Larry Cohen, as well as you know real Hollywood legends like Robert Altman and fan favorites like John Landis and Tony Scott. Again, be sure to subscribe so you can be among the first to hear all of our newest five films from content as soon as it drops. Totally. Lastly, if you're still listening, <laughs> be sure to be on the lookout for our upcoming Patreon feed. We'll be offering all kinds of bonus episodes, things like double features, commentary tracks, etc. 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 And special things like five films from directors who have only made one film and five films from the 70s disaster movie genre. Absolutely. So yeah, a lot of things lined up, good things on the horizon for FFF. And yeah, that's all I got for you. Enjoy the show. With Mac Kennedy and Todd Edmondson. Okay, so last movie, uh, George Ray Hill's The World According to Garp. When I get older, losing my head, many years from now, will you still be sending me a balance? If I'd been out till quarter to three Would you lock the door? Will you still need me? Will you still feed me? When I'm 64 It was 1982, starring Robin Williams, Glenn Close in her very first movie, Glenn Close. Yeah. yeah and then John Lithgow as well. Um, both of them, Lithgow and Glenn Close, were nominated for Oscars for this one. Mary Beth Hurt as, yep. um, as eventual wife, wife, basically, yeah. yeah. Um, so what the fuck is this movie? It's a weird movie. Like I'm not it, not it, totally yeah. sure how we're gonna talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I have things to say about it, but I I do want to say that when I first saw it, I don't know where Robin Williams at is is at in his career. In this I was either. looking at that, um, um, but he this is a this is a serious role to yeah. take on for a, basically a stand up comic who had a TV show where he played an alien. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it it was it was a step. It was a step in for early step in his film career. And um, so you know what he did before this is he did basically he has a, a credit in some movie called Can I Do It Till I Need Glasses. Can I do it till I need glasses? We'll bring you your all-time favorite comedy characters, which is some <laughs> some basically Kentucky Fried movie sort of ripoffs kind of thing. John like Landis Jr. Something. Uh, I mean, I don't think it's very. I, I think it was one of those things where like Robin Williams wanted to bury. This <laughs> is bad. Yeah, yeah. And then after that is Popeye, Robert Altman, and then Garp, and then after this is the Survivors. So this is his second well, that's real a movie. Good, that's a that's a really good yeah, trio. I, a, that, I forgot about Popeye being his, his first movie. His second like real movie. Yeah, interesting stuff. It's a pretty serious. Star. I mean, John Irving. 
or Irvin, Irving, Irving, yeah. mm-hmm. Irving uh, had everything he wrote was on the bestseller list, and it was the it was the summer reading, you know, uh, book club top the list of every list. Airport books, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. A lot of air, real airport classics. You know, Hotel New Hampshire was made into a movie. Cider House Rules was later made into a movie. Uh, World According to Garp uh, is just, is. The story of Glenn Close is a woman who has a child out of wedlock through this really convoluted and kind of like thing. gross it's, and, it's and deliberately awful. weird. Yeah. yeah, she's just she's this intense New England, very prudish, you know, clinical kind of um, nurse, single mom. But the way she becomes a mother is she basically. Uh, has sex with a dying soldier who has a constant erection. So she rapes a guy. You raped him. You raped a dying man. It's really fucking weird. And uh, Um, her parents, who are in it just for a second, are the real-life married couple, Hume Cronin and Jessica Tandy. mm -hmm. We've talked about Hume several times on this podcast. If I ever lay my hands on the son of a bitch, I'll kill him. He's dead already. I don't suppose you bothered to get married. Married? She never even met the son of a bitch. I didn't want to get married. I wanted a baby. But a wedding ring, dear. I didn't need his ring, Mother. I needed his sperm. No. Don't you dare say sperm in this house. (laughs) You see how she got, you know, the the upbringing she must have had. So the New England aspect of it, though, it really gets me because it's it's Slaughterhouse-Five, Billy Pilgrim's... Um, suburban married life is in the same part of the world. It's a big Cape Cod yeah. kind of a house uh, on the water, mm-hmm. um, and so you've got um, you've got Garp and his mother. Um, Hume Cronin dies. So it's um, Jessica Tandy and Hume Cronin appear as a courtesy to the McDowell Colony. McDowell Colony. Wow. McDowell? I'm I looking this up. We're going down a hole, baby. Uh, we, we'll, we'll drink no wine before it's time or something. <laughs> uh, the McDowell Colony is I, an this... artist residency program in Peterborough, New Hampshire. So they must have just been in town. <laughs> you guys want to make a movie? Uh, yeah, maybe they... I mean, me, maybe John Irving approached them himself. Yeah. He's, he, he's, this is his locale, so it's sort of like... Um, if Henry David Thoreau was a popular novelist, this would have all the same kind of reference sure. points. And it would just, it's a bubble. It's a, as we were saying, it's a very white bubble, very white. Um, it's, it's, it's hockey, wrestling, and basketball, and it's a yeah. college town, but it's very small, but it's very beautiful. And everybody seems to be pretty well off. And, um, so yeah, Garp, uh, like he fantasizes about planes a lot because his father was in the war. Yeah. My father was a flyer. I told you he was a tail gunner in a plane. If he was in a plane, he was a flyer. George R. Hill was a big aviation guy. He flew planes, I guess. That's that, what yeah. Paul Newman said. Um, um, you got off a, on a tangent. I just remembered that Paul Newman said that George Rory Hill expected everybody to be on time. And if mm-hmm. you weren't, he would take you up in his airplane and scare yeah. the shit out Classic. Yeah, he was <laughs> weird. He seems like kind of a weird guy, George Rory Hill. Like, the more you look at him. <laughs> 
But uh, yeah. Well, he picked a weird movie to make. It's just yeah. a, it is a weird movie. It's just a weird story. I don't. I don't. I think you want to talk about. You know, Slapshot got a credit for outdated cultural depiction. And this movie this, seems like it's full of outdated full cultural depiction. Oh my god! The whole feminism angle um, and the militant lesbianism. Um, there's a side plot where where Jenny, uh, who's who's um, Garp's, Garp's mother. When uh, Garp, to impress Mary Beth Hurt, who's the coach of the wrestling coach's daughter, uh, he's going to be a writer. My name is T.S. Garp. What's T.S. stand for? Terribly sexy. I used to be terribly shy, but I changed. Oh. I'm Helen Home. Oh, home sweet home. Our new wrestling coach is named Home. Oh, what a hard ass. We call him Home Sweat Home. He's my father. I'm his daughter. We're the home team. Oh. Take care. Oh, you asshole. So he decides he wants to move mm -hmm. to New York and be a writer, so his mother moves there with him because she's a helicopter mom. Yeah. Um, and, and they go to the grocery store, and, you know... It, it, Glenn Close's character really kills me because she's this super strong... Uh, has all this down-to-earth wisdom, but she doesn't know what a hooker is. Who's yeah. that woman? And, and so she becomes enamored with this hooker and, and, and buys pays her to sit and talk to her and drink coffee. Do you get any physical enjoyment from it? Not when I'm working. Oh, sometimes. Why do you think men like you? Oh, you really gotta go. Well, do you like her? She's very nice, Mum. What is it about her that you want? I don't mean just her sex parts. I mean... Is there something else that's satisfying? Well, it's, it's a combination. How do you feel to be wanted in that way? Does it degrade you to have my son want you in that way, or do you think it only degrades him? I don't know. And she ends up writing a whole book. Yeah. Well, do you remember how mad Garp got? Because she's basically only a writer because Garp's a writer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and she got mad at Garp for writing a story that was about her. Garp! You've no right to write this. If you're going to write about me and my personal life, wait till I'm dead. While I'm alive, the subject belongs to me. I might want to write about myself. Nothing's happened to me yet, Mom. Well, too bad. Make something up then. And then what does she do but writes about Garp and yeah. becomes famous for doing it and kind of kind of right, puts right. a thumb on him for his whole life. Yeah, yeah. She was a, she was a helicopter mom and just overbearing. I. I, she was really, really, really good in this movie, and she's good in everything, mm -hmm. but this character drove me nuts. Yeah, and you know what? It, the, the confusingness of it, because she's not very sympathetic through the first half of the movie. She's mm -mm. just kind of terrible. But then, like... For a nurse and a single yeah, mom, it's just like... But then she's also, like, this really, like, insightful, radical feminist figure that, like, is helping women, this, you know, and, and, and that's... She sort of became, yeah, she sort of became... It, it doesn't show her really becoming illuminated by anything in particular other right. than talking to this one street prostitute. Yeah, and because she wrote, like, a, a tawdry book called Sexuals, Sexual Suspect, yeah, is what it's yeah. called, <laughs> that was a huge bestseller, and I don't know... Weird. Yeah, yeah, like I, I thought is, this movie was sexist, to be honest with you. I think yeah. a lot of the depiction of women was like. It was as, really. I, it, it was overly. It was overly broad to make a point. And I know at the time, um, I'm sure Hollywood didn't like. I mean, 
no no guy wanted women on an equal footing and and to get in their business and take work away from yeah. them you know uh, uh, it seems like it's making fun of feminism a lot it's, it, it you, seems like, like it really robin is robin williams goes in a he like gr- tries to like oh are you okay to somebody and then she freaks out and has this like crazy reaction oh, don't touch me don't touch me don't touch me don't touch me it's all right darling it's all right go down and sit down there you just look i'm sorry i mean all i did was just touch her oh it's all right she can't bear to have a man's hand touching her Oh, she got problems. Yes, she does. I mean, it's going to be kind of hard to avoid being touched, isn't it? Yes, it is. That's why she's here. It's played almost like a joke, and John Lithgow as a trans woman, which is actually a sort of progressive part of the movie, is that very uh, uh, kind of three-dimensional picture of a trans person. Oh, well, he's a brilliant Yeah, artist. he's great. He's dude. so good. Are you visiting somebody here? No, why? Well, you just seem like the only normal person around the place. Oh, I don't know. Pardon me. I hate to use a corny line like this, but haven't I seen you before? You like football? Oh, yeah, I used to watch it quite a bit. Well, you might have seen me. I was a tight end with the Philadelphia Eagles. Number 90, Robert Muldoon. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I had a great pair of hands. Yes, you did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the, it's played like a joke, and... Uh, it just isn't funny, and it's not even, like, exaggerated. I can imagine, like, that being a thing that a person would have to go through. And, and Robin Williams is like, oh, that's unnecessary. You know, whatever he says. Yeah, yeah. I hated that I, said, I, would, I was just trying to help her, you know, yeah. Um, and the idea of a woman-only funeral is, like, just a fucking joke. It's going to be held at 5 o'clock tomorrow in New York, but I'm afraid you can't go. What the hell do you mean I can't go? I'm a son. It's just for women. You see, it's going to be the first feminist memorial funeral and they aren't going to allow any men a man killed her they're very upset i'm upset she's my mother it's like you're 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 providing fuel to the reactionaries of the world who already hate feminism is what it is well the funny thing is this movie came out in 82 and it was kind of past that that um, Mm -hmm. it was almost a decade past that feminism so uh yeah but again this movie is kind of this kind of movie is in an indeterminate time. There's some time anachronisms that don't make any sense to me. Yeah, you know when he when he was when he was just a kid, the neighbor's daughter, who's also just a kid, she's really randy even yeah. for a kid, and they're trying. Yeah, and there's a rape joke there too. All right, first thing is, I have a headache. Oh my head! I have a headache. Not tonight. Now you're supposed to attack me and pull my clothes off. You sure? <laughs> yes. And you're supposed to say, every night you have a headache. Okay? Okay. Yeah, it's just like weird. And then the dog Ooh. chews his ear off. More and dogs. then, and then he, yeah, and then he's in college and chews the ear off of the same dog. And the dog doesn't look that much different. Uh, and the guy who owns that dog is Warren Berliner, too, by the way. Okay. He's in... Um, he, he's in uh, Long Goodbye. Plays a, oh, really? Plays a seedy That's kind a cool of a, a detective guy. I remember yeah. him in that. He's mostly a TV guy yeah. and a lot of commercials too. So okay. another commercial actor, but, but I love him. Bonkies. Um Yeah, this movie. This movie rubbed rubbed me the wrong way. Her character. Um, her character rubbed me the wrong way because she's. Um, 
she's strong she's strong to a fault and yet she seems to be ignorant of everything mm-hmm. she's just this uh uh going into the, uh, the is it the country girl in the city it's not even that it's just uh, well, it's, it's it's just it weird. seems like halfway through the movie they just change who she is is what it feels like to me it's yeah it seems like she became a uh she became like this like a den mother of of all these like yeah women. and a pivotal history picture uh, which point in history doesn't seem she... like the same person who was like so rigid and and prudish and and kind of like a fucking weird and yeah the, yeah yeah, you know what? The performances were very good. I don't know if I really liked any of the rest of it. Is yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. The movie. Uh, I didn't like it this time around as much as I did when it came out, mm-hmm. and that's because I wanted to see Robin Williams. He's really good in this movie. Um, he does say, "I love dreadful films." That's pretty good. That's a great. Yeah, that's a line we can just use repeatedly. Well, um, yeah, it, it, it's it's sort of like when his wife Mary Beth Hurt always introduces. Him as um, T.S. Garp. I am known as the bastard son of Jenny Fields. Not the bastard son of Jenny Fields. Yeah. You know, it's it's so Jenny Fields uses the story of how he was born as a, you know, I own it, so I'm going to sell it kind of a thing. It's really it's really a shallow and awful part of her personality. That just the whole idea that she becomes famous for a book that. After specifically, like, making a big deal in a scene of him doing that, right? Like, don't ever yeah, do that. Know, My story belongs to me. Yeah, that was rough. There's some funny stuff. Helen and Garth, does, um, they get married and she, he... Uh, about Glenn Close before we keep moving. She does use two of my favorite, like, just colloquialisms in this movie. And I'd never seen this before, so I was not expecting it. But she is both old as the hills and dead as a doornail. <laughs> old as the hills. Dead as a doornail. <laughs> that's just stuff that I say. And I appreciated that a lot. Um, she's telling her grandson, yeah, as old as the hills. Yeah. And you know, he has no clue what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, Why can't basketball players have kids? They make that joke a bunch of times. Why can't basketball players bother a child? Because they're ugly. No, because they dribble before they shoot. Yeah. It's not funny. Yeah. It's not funny three times. For yeah, sure. exactly. Yeah. It's not but funny that, three times. Of course, of course, you're supposed to go, oh, these are kids, and this is the way they talk right. in the locker room. But, uh, but yeah, the, 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 when Garp and Mary Beth are finally, you know, they finally get married. Um, one of the one of the sinister elements of the story is that the when he's a kid and the blonde neighbor girl, her sister, is always looming yeah. in the background and has a really awful kind of attitude toward him. I mean, she looks cartoonish even. Like, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they really like play her and up. She's to look the, and, and, and that's the thing you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be chaste and you're supposed to be. Uh, Good and pure, and what is what is uh, Jenny Fields keeps saying? It's, you know what men are like, full of lust. Yeah, you know that she says lust is a men's big problem, mm-hmm. and and so this little girl is a manifestation of thinking that lust is bad at a young age somehow. Right, so, she, she's but yeah, she like... ends up being a very terrible figure in the end. Um, and she, you know, she shows Mary Beth Hurt getting Garp's getting a blowjob from the from yeah. the blonde sister. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like well, yeah. yeah. And it's a lot of fidelity. It's a lot of bullshit about fidelity and mm-hmm. infidelity. And oh my god, the whole fucking sequence. And I'm not even going to talk too much about it. But every it, the the sequence that culminated in the car crash. 
It's basically the worst thing I've ever watched in my life. Yeah, it's, yeah, a, it's like, a horrible, I, horrible story. The guy is like, the student is like trying to coerce Garp's wife into blowing him when, and you know, Garp, she's just trying to break it off and Garp is like red with anger and one of the kids dies. I mean, it's like yeah, the worst it, it's, thing it's I've ever horrible. seen. You know what's, you know what's, I was waiting for this line. When I saw this movie, I remembered this line and I was waiting for it this morning when I watched it. And guess what? Okay, so uh, when when that car crash happens, because Garp uh, will turn the lights off to pull into the driveway mm -hmm. to his kids and make them feel like they're flying. Right, That's yeah. His thing. He's obsessed with flying, like you were yeah. saying. And um, and um, John Lithgow's character comes back from a, another failed uh, romantic cruise or adventure uh, because when he, when he when she gets the he she gets the news and there he's walking up the stairs with Jen with Glenn Close and he says you know I had my mind surgically removed under general anesthesia but to have it bitten off in a Buick well <laughs> guess what this the movie version I saw on HBO it didn't Tech, say in a Buick it didn't say in a Buick I noticed that but the that car was a Buick and well, well it certainly was the original yeah. movie I know that's what he said because I remember that line that's to this weird. day. And I'm wondering if Buick just said to him, hey. We don't want to hear it. We don't want to hear it. That's so funny. I, I, I wonder if there's a backstory to that. Because there's got to be. They clearly yeah, take sure. it out. They fully in a, a step, footsteps on the stairs. I, yeah, so I, I remember sure you don't that notice I, didn't know, I didn't know that that was how it was originally supposed yeah, to be. Bitten off in a Buick. That's funny. But when he it just is, says. It, you're right. It's when much he funnier. Said, yeah, when detail. he says you're when totally I to have it. I mean. I had mine removed surgically under general anesthesia, but to have it bitten off, it's a nightmare. It's lust. You go, oh my God, that's horrible. Yeah. And she's got this big brace on her mouth and he's got his jaw wired shut. So the irony is that all these uh, Ellen Jamesian society women who are living with, with uh, his mom at this Cape Codden mansion with a big porch and all this stuff, he's having to, they they all have cut their tongues out in solidarity with a girl who was raped mm -hmm. and had her hung, her tongue cut out by her attackers so she wouldn't tell them anybody who it was, which is insane, another insane plot device. Yeah, and... Like, who thinks of this shit? What the fuck is this movie? How hard And so when it, he when yeah. he's got his jaw wired shut, he has to write notes to people yeah. like the Ellen Jamesians do. I mean, this Ellen James society goes around not talking as if they had no tongues. No, I mean they don't have any tongues. The women in the society have their tongues cut off to protest what happened to Ellen James. Well, you mean they actually have their own tongues cut off? Yes. The society. Oh, Mama, I don't want to hear about this shit. You're a little short on sympathy, son. No, Mom, I got a lot of sympathy for a little girl who gets raped, but, my God, this is self-mutilation. I mean, suppose the next time there's a rape, I cut off my prick and I wear it around my neck. Barbara, what? Well, I got a good idea, too. Why don't you cut off All right, all right. Is that what you're And it's just, okay. He's, he ends up becoming, like, really hung up on the fact that these women are protesting. Well, he realizes, thing. too, yeah. that Ellen, the girl that, that the, the girl that this is named after, she sends Jenny Fields a picture on, on the back. It says, please make, make them, them stop. stop. Yeah. And so Garp writes a book about called Jenny. Mm -hmm. um, or, or Ellen. Ellen. No, it's called yeah. Ellen, not Jenny. Ellen, uh, about what's really happening with that. I wish you'd reconsider. I want it published. 
People used her, they took her life away. You're using her too. No, I'm not. I'm just helping to state her case. Maybe you are, but you also want to get at the Ellen Jamesians. You want to hurt them. No, I don't. I just want them to stop what they're doing. And Ellen wants that too. Of course, then they all hate him. Right, yeah, then he's... Because he's know, not following the, the proper narrative. It's just, it's more of making feminists look like cartoons. Is more yeah, of like, what it like is. militant psychos. Yeah. Well, yeah, man-hating. Mm -hmm. uh, Literally, I mean, Garth gets killed. Uh, the, his mom gets killed first by an yeah, assassin. Yeah, she gets assassinated. And that, that scene, when it starts out, I've and I've seen too many Alan Pacula movies or something, anytime you start out with like a political rally, burner, my, oh, this is going to be an assassination. Yeah, this yeah, is, somebody's yeah. going to get shot in this scene. And of course, that happens. And that's just what we're used to. Yeah. And, yeah. and yeah, they did foreshadow it in the movie with like a thwarted assassination attempt. Yeah, but right. Just the aesthetics of like a, a political rally scene. And I, I was tingling, oh, this is going to be an assassination. Yeah. yeah. They, te they telegraphed that pretty mm. good. Yeah. And who does Garp get shot by later? He becomes the, sister, the yeah. he becomes the wrestling coach, and he he gets caught by the prudish sister. Because why? Dressed as yeah. a nurse, which yeah. is what his mother used to be. Because because we need more violence. You know what I think it is? I think I mean I've not read this book. I haven't either. So I think we've got another case of what Slaughterhouse Five would look like had we not read the book. Yeah, yeah, end. yeah. I think it's just fucking befuddling because there's no. It, it, it feels like a, a very literal adaptation, but it doesn't feel like it has any sort of opinion on the characters. I don't know what George Rahill's trying to say about any of these people. Well, I'm not sure how the screenplay was arrived at. Like you said, we don't know the book. Yeah. But uh, there's a lot of bones and not enough flesh for me mm -hmm. in some no, cases. No, I agree with you. It's a... But then Glenn Close's character, like I said, she's just annoying. Yeah, to me. She's, she's, so good good she's so yeah, good like she's at. She's so good at it. Down, and Lithgow has got it down. And Robin Williams does a lot of great. You know, he he's got a lot of range to play here. He goes through a guy's whole life basically, or literally beginning to end. Yeah. Uh, so you know, there's the acting is very good. Uh, production design and the the cinematography are good. Like, like everything, George Hill makes good looking movies. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But I'm really like, I don't know. I wasn't really into it. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't either. Yeah. yeah. Well. But yeah. it's George Roy Hill. There's a scene where Robin Williams goes to see his agent, or is also his mom's agent, and his son is looking out on binoculars, and you just hear him say, I see a man with one leg. I see a man with one arm. And he's got Come a on, dog Duncan. with him. <laughs> More dog stuff. I wrote that like three lines Well, down. I thought he had lost his eye He did accident. lose an eye. Well, right. it wasn't using binoculars. It was just a telescope. So he was looking yeah, at it with his other eye. Yeah, and yeah. he's just looking, I guess they're in a building, he's looking down at the street and just, I don't know, those were like funny, weird lines, I guess. But yeah, that's uh, that's about that. I don't uh, know. The movie's worth the movie's worth watching for all of those reasons that it is a movie and it is a George Roy Hill movie. That's right. Yeah, I you know the movies are almost always worth watching. It, it takes a lot for me to get nothing out of a movie. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, what else did George Roy make? Do you want to talk about maybe a few of his other movies um, before we finish off? So he made movies uh, before Butch Cassidy, uh, none of which were like very big hits. Period of Adjustment, Toys in the Attic, The World of Henry Orient. Yeah, uh, The World of Henry... Uh, World Peter of... Sellers, right? Yeah, right. So, uh, uh, Angela Lansbury, Paul Apprentice, uh, Peter Sellers, good cast. Um, so there's a story about George Ray Hill, one of the two teenage girls in this movie, like, yes. uh, after, like years later, a couple, like, a couple of years ago, posted, is now an old lady, she posted on Instagram that, like, 
During the course of this movie, George Ray Hill and I fell in love and had an affair oh when she God. was like 16, and George Ray Hill would have been 40 something. Uh, and wow. George has been dead for years, but this lady, I mean, who knows? I, mean, I suppose it probably is true. Why would she lie? But it's no, just why? crazy. Yeah. Um, then after that, he made a movie called Hawaii, which I guess was a big flop. James Minchner novel. Um, and then the first movie I guess he had that was really setting the stage for his big run is Thoroughly Modern Millie, a musical with Judy An Julie Andrews and Mary Tyler Moore that I've not seen. You know, there's that, uh, which I guess was successful. Um, no, you're good. I got, I got as far as I could just riffing on these other movies I haven't seen. There's not, there's not a lot I, I can say. I would have been listening yeah. to you anyway. Thoroughly Modern Millie was right before Butch Cassidy, and that was a successful musical with Julie Andrews. Yeah, he yeah. Made that movie. So that was, I guess, uh, well, Hawaii Another had a lot of Oscar nominations. Too. Hawaii was a period picture as well. He, uh, he was a big history buff, I think, throughout his life, so that makes sense that he was always telling these, these like almost like nostalgic-hued stories of the past, The Sting and... and uh, so the same guy who made this intensely militant feminist-angled uh, movie... Well, it's, it's militantly anti-feminist. Well, anti-right, yeah. that's what I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, in other words, yeah, militant feminism is portrayed as being like a, kind of an awful thing. Right. I, I was telling you about the movie Why Would I Lie?, uh, with Treat Williams that has a, right. a unnecessarily v violent, hostile female lesbian. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, Basic Instinct is a movie that has that, too. I don't know. It was heavily protested. But yeah. And that, I guess, that movie's just a cartoon, so I, I'm fine with it. In that yeah, movie. yeah. I don't know if that's a... I don't know if that's a... That's, in other words, Garp is not the only... Uh, no, that was a trope. That was yeah, a definitely a trope. Definitely a thing. So in the 70s, he also made The Great Waldo Pepper with another Robert Redford movie. Mm -hmm. Haven't seen it. Uh, I have seen that. I actually haven't seen any of his other movies. Uh, a Little Romance, which is... I know. A Little Di Romance Diane is... Lance first a little, yes, and I watched that because of her. Oh yeah. Um, or I watched when I saw that I follow. I started following her. Yeah. Like she, Lawrence Olivier is great. He plays a he plays a he plays a really good guy, and he's just an old man sitting on a bench who's French. He's so he gets he brings these two young people together, and it's really charming and wonderful. But I was in love with Diane Lane. She's yeah. probably only like eighteen in the movie. Shit, what a I think killer. she was like thirteen. She might have been. Yeah. The thing is that later on, um, PBS, a ten o'clock um, Playhouse thing, she just pulls her top off. I'm like, holy shit! Yeah, yeah, crazy. Wow. Um, Little yeah, Romance. Awesome. Then he did two more. You know, I just saw her in a movie the other day, The Big Town. Yeah, Matt yeah, Dillon, yeah, Matt Dillon. Matt Dillon and a great supporting cast because you got Bruce Stern, you got Lee Grant, Tommy Lee Jones, uh, Tom Skerritt. Like it's every everybody shows up in this mm. movie. It's good. It's a pretty cool movie directed yeah, yeah. by some guy who like never directed much else. Uh, mm. So now we're going to just talk about this movie for a couple <laughs> minutes. Uh, Harold Becker, you know, director who we mm -hmm. talked about. He was the first week, but he, he was the director for this film for the first week. But he spent so much money on these crazy outdoor sets, almost like Coppola is one from the art sets, like, oh, like wow. stuff like that. And the movie is shot on them, but he spent uh, uh, Becker spent so much money they fired him and brought in some guy. <laughs> just some guy yeah. I don't remember his name some I don't think, yeah. utilitarian mm -hmm. uh, journeyman guy some guy then George last two movies The Little Drummer Girl from 1984 that's Diane Keaton Diane I Keaton's, remember that a John Le Carre movie yeah. Uh, yeah 
And then Final Movie, which is another one I'm not Isn't that just a, a Le Carre, or however you pronounce it? Yeah, Le Carre, Carre, yeah. Uh, that's just a... It's, it, cool it, they stuff. made it a female lead instead of a male lead, because I think it was called Little Girl Oh, was boy. it? I, maybe that's true. Let's the see. book. Because I was back into reading Spy now. Oh, this back is then. based on the Little Drummer Girl. Oh, it is? Yeah, maybe it's a, Oh, wait a minute. Bop, bop, bop. Maybe he wrote two books. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. Um, Spyro Spy came in from the cold. The Russia House was his, which yeah. is a movie with Sean mm-hmm. Connery and Michelle Pfeiffer that I watched. There's a really good um, movie called The Quiller Memorandum with George Siegel. That's a great, oh, yeah. that's a great Cold War uh, cool. flick. Really good. And Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy is John Le Carr as well. Mm-hmm. That's a classic. So George's last movie is 1988's Funny Farm with Chevy Chase. Hadn't seen it. I don't remember seeing that either. Yeah. I think I avoided it because it was... Chevy Chase. Well, but. it was it was po- kind of post Fletch. He was it was like you know, a little bit of Chevy Chase's decadent period, I think, in the late <laughs> the late eighties and early nineties. Yeah. Hello, sailors! It's the Chevy Chase Show from Hollywood. All right. Well, that's that. Um, five films from George Roy Hill. Anything else you want to say? Nope. Cool. Well, that we'll, does it. Uh, yowza! 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 Yowza, yowza, yowza. <laughs> you gotta put that in all the time. I'm Matt Kennedy. <laughs> and I'm Todd Edmondson. That's that. We'll see ya.